0: Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. They say he needs no introduction, but we'll do it anyway. Darren Dreger, hockey insider from TSN, in his regular slot here on Sabres Live. Hi, Dregs. how are you? I'm doing well, fellas. How are you? Well, I'm still a little miffed at the, uh, you know, artwork, if you will. that We came up with post-show last week when we had envisioned you years yeah. and years down the road well into <laughs> retirement and you know promising not to shave or cut your hair and I was looking at yeah. it going I'm like that picture like the dude looks younger than he does now so I want to see
1: like <laughs> old man Dragger. they were very kind <laughs> to you
0: on social
1: let me just say that so yeah <laughs> I didn't follow along I was I was fearful. I didn't know what was coming. Yeah, uh, Back in the day when you had certain pictures and all those things, I don't want any of that kind of nonsense to surface, let alone some of the new fabrications that could exist. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as you comment on it,
2: then it's going to spread like wildfires <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, you know, that quick that goes so you don't want to go there. <laughs> hey, how about rumors that uh, yeah. are spreading quickly? Patrick Kane, yesterday we asked our fans, like, fill in the blank, who's going to f- – Fill in the Tage Thompson production with the Sabres and it was a lot of internal things. Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat, Eric Kulik possibly. Uh, but Patrick Kane's name was mentioned a few times. Um, I just yeah. want to know this is, uh, kind of crunch time for, uh, for, you know, whatever yeah. prime time they call him, right? So it's crunch time yeah. for prime time here with Patrick Kane.
1: Yeah. No doubt about that. And, and we know that the Buffalo Sabres are. Are one of the teams that is most interested in Patrick Kane, and and there's a number of them. It's 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 not a few. Uh, you know, Pat Brisson, who represents Patrick Kane, uh, wants to get through the process and get it below ten, so around eight. They may they might even be at that stage now, as we're having this conversation on Thursday, to a point where they can make a decision on where Patty Kane is going to return to the National Hockey League, maybe as early as next week uh buffalo for sure is is a contending team i look at detroit who are part of the global series you know taking on the ottawa senators and sweden right now is another option i'm not going to list them all because in fairness we're probably missing a contending team you know it depends on what that contract is going to look like but i'm not going to lie to you guys as soon as i saw tage thompson go down the other night i'm like ooh, i wonder if that is going to have any sort of negative influence on the Kane process because you know, Patrick wants to win too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, he could come in and potentially replace some of the offense that you're going to miss. Well, Tage Thompson is away, but you know, does he really want to come into a situation where the best player for the Buffalo Sabres is, is out for an extended period. And the answer to that is there's no concern in Buffalo because Tage Thompson, yeah, long-term is a few weeks at least, but we're not talking about months here. So That's the upside, and that's the reason that there's still a lot of belief in Buffalo that they might be able to get it done. But Kane and Brisson are interviewing coaches and general managers this week, and that'll carry through likely the weekend.
2: I'm not going to say it's uh, equipment-related. We all saw that Tage blocked a shot, and everybody's got shorter gloves now. And, you know, like 20 years ago, you had the long cuffs, and, you know, we're, we're talking about you know, cut proof under government now and everything. Yeah. Um, does the league have to can, and teams internally have to look at everybody's setup players, uh, shot blockers, yeah. net guards, wrist guards, all of that to make sure that, you know, things like what happened to tate Thompson or yeah. even worse, um, don't happen.
1: Well, why wouldn't you? I guess would be the question I would ask if you know I'm a general manager or head coach you know, I would want my players as comfortable but as protected as they possibly could be. Ray Ferraro, our buddy, uh, reminds me when we talk about especially hand injuries uh, and lacerations like we saw last year with Evander Kane in Edmonton. Wayne Gretzky, the greatest player of all time, had no problem wearing the long gloves, yet somewhere along the way, be it through college, be it through major junior hockey, whatever your feeder stream was, it became fashionable because it's more comfortable and you feel like you've got more mobility in your hands and in your wrists to wear the shorter cuffs. Um, that would drive me bonkers if I were a general manager, maybe even more importantly, an owner, because when your top players are, are going down because of a slash or a block shot or worst case scenario, the laceration like we saw Kane go through, that that seems to me to be avoidable. But that's the beginning. Where is the end? You know, I just had a communication with somebody who's part of the uh, safety, the joint safety committee with the NHL and the PA talking about the presentation that was made earlier this week to the NHL about the custom resi- cut resistant products that are out there. And yeah, now we're, we're fixated on the neck because we lost Adam Johnson and we should be and we should continue to have these conversations. The presumption is that the majority of NHL teams not players just teams are at least test driving the neck protection in practice but they don't have the, the league doesn't have a handle on how many players are actually using them in games and whatnot and it it feels like before we're talking about something more significant we've got to get a beefier percentage of players actually embracing and using the cut resistant product and i'm not so sure we're ever going to get
2: there so when i was with the rangers ryan callahan duffer and drags broke his hand blocking a shot and yeah. the next day glenn Sader, first of all oh, yeah. made everybody wear extra padding on their gloves the trainer worked overnight to make sure mm-hmm. every pair of glove had extra padding and then he brought in a pair of Wayne Gretzky Haspeler gloves and yeah. he gave them to Derek Stepan. and he says you're practicing with those today because <laughs> look at the difference they had the cuff was like literally eight inches long like covering oh, yeah. the whole forearm and Step couldn't handle the puck he couldn't stick handle he goes those things are so stiff and Glenn Sitter was like if it was good for Wayne, should be good for you. Well, unfortunately, guys didn't follow in that. But that's the same no. thing you're talking about. Same thing with Carlson got his Achilles cut. Glenn, yeah. Glenn Sitter came down and was like, "I want everybody with cut-proof socks." You know yeah. that guy in in Ottawa, and he actually said Quebec City, or like Glenn. There's no team in Quebec City <laughs> anymore, but that's okay. It's slats. You're just hammering slats,
1: but, slats right now.
2: <laughs> but it was he was just like he wanted things to happen. He wanted his yeah. players protected. And that's what he did. Um, yeah. talking about slats, GM's meeting, are we gonna get a shot clock in overtime? Like or is there are they trying to to tweak that overtime so players don't take the puck out of the zone?
1: Yeah, I, I mean there's a couple of scenarios that they are talking about. And what's most interesting about this, because I've been down this road so many different ways with the National Hockey League and GMs over the years, that when this stuff surfaces It is because they're talking about it doesn't mean that it's anywhere near a point of of introduction. But what we know historically, especially in the last maybe going back to 2005, when they they made all the significant changes, obstruction was essentially eradicated from the game or more or less anyway, uh, is that coaches coach more than ever not to lose. So you knew that even though you embrace something as gimmicky as three on three to try and you know curb the 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 influx of of shootouts that eventually n h l coaches were going to coach defense into it that was going to become a strategy, and really that's what's happened now, right. So I think it runs twofold. I think it's, you know, the the NHL general managers, the decision makers, having those conversations about making sure the entertainment value of three on three is observed, but also making sure that the shootouts don't go up because yep. nobody wants that other than maybe Commissioner Bettman, who, you know, seems to think that the skills competition is unbelievably exciting and entertaining. Um, well, it is as because
0: watch a... every time it happens. Every single person in the arena is on their feet. The only people that are wrong about this are media types. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you
1: like the <laughs> so you're
0: saying you like the shootout? That's I love the shootout. I've loved it since it was in the Olympics in the early 1900s. Yeah.
1: So, well, you know what? That's for it's, that's for the All Star the skills competition. That's what that's no, it's for. not. It's the yes, subtle it games. No. Just add another five minutes of three on three games will get wow, so we can wear ourselves three three. to death by backtracking in our own zone. Well, that's <laughs> why we're
2: talking about the changes that they're going to incorporate
1: here. <laughs> uh,
2: I'll say this: I don't want to see a shootout every game. I don't yeah. want to like flood the games and the schedule with shootouts. Right. But I think a shootout once in a while is exciting. I think to, to you know, if I watch games at night. And no. there's a minute left in overtime, and it's three three. I'm like, "Oh, it may be a shootout Like I get excited with that now, if it was every game, it would lose a little no. bit of its luster and right now, I don't feel like we are flooding the the schedule with shootouts so nah. um, well, there I, could I, be
1: an uptick, and I just say that because that's. That's why 3 on 3 was adopted, right? Was because oh, yeah. they were worried about the fact there are too many shootouts.
2: Mm-hmm. Um would, would a shot clock work better for shootouts just so that we don't have <laughs> like the Kuznetsov slowing down like to a crawl like that that to me would be better adopted in shootouts uh, yeah. as opposed to 3 on 3 overtime.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um you know, but again when when this stuff is brought up and we debate it as we are here today, You know, then I go back to the Colin Campbell's and, and you know, again, the the hockey decision makers. And I get the old cliche, look, we're trying to fix something that isn't broken. You know, we're not going to incorporate a knee jerk decision or try and fix something that doesn't need it. So let's just pump the brakes. But they do it with a purpose. The reason we're talking about this is because that information was leaked out. To gauge reaction, not Duffer's right, not for media people, but to just see what the the mass reaction would be if they ever got to a point where they felt like they did have to do something with overtime. Was there hey, anything you else? Think Sorry,
2: uh, what do you think about having instead of a GM meeting, having a uh, um, a media meeting where we actually like Duffer and INU drags and we yeah. go down to you know Florida or Arizona and we have a three day like you know, where we workshop things and we bring up rules. Like, I think we, it'd be better okay. than the GM. I think it'd be fun.
1: It Well, okay. And you're, you're kind of saying that tongue in cheek because you know that nine times out of 10, when we go to these things, it's a boondoggle and we're sitting say. in the sun and just enjoying ourselves. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of lobby trolling and all that. That's fine too. But the <laughs> NHL not long ago um, used to invite the media into the boardroom at the conclusion of the meeting. And it was incredibly useful, um, especially if they would introduced a rule change or, you know, there was some sort of play that, you know, director of officiating Stephen Wacom had to explain, like some sort of trend in the National yeah. Hockey League. They'd bring us all into that boardroom. We'd sit around that U-shaped table and they'd show us the video examples. And then you'd have a full Q&A. And it was, it was, it was terrific. It was pure education. Um, but I don't think they're coming to us in the media anytime soon looking for any sort of brainstorming <laughs> ideas. <laughs>
0: uh, speaking of the trolling concept, um, there was some being done a while back as to the future of the draft and yeah. you know where it would be and whether it would be NFL style. Where are we at with that?
1: Well, they haven't formally announced it yet, but just based on the feedback that the NHL received from the 32 members, the 32 teams, it was overwhelmingly in favor of decentralizing. Um, And that doesn't surprise me because at the end of the day, just basically to facilitate the, the television networks, you know, the season has to extend to a certain period. And that's late into June. When you get into late into June, guess what's coming right after late into June in the draft? That's July 1st and free agency. So it's become onerous for the hockey operations departments of all 32 teams to bring everybody to the draft location and then turn around and quickly get back so you can focus on, on free agency. So you'll still have that host draft city. Um, but the majority of the hockey operations department will remain in their own city so that they can do both the draft and then look forward to what free agency is going to look like. I, in answer, Duffer, I, I don't, I don't know why it hasn't been formalized yet. It's a little bit strange. Maybe it has to clear through the uh, through the the players association. But based on, on those in favor, I don't think that it's going in. Like, I don't think it's going to be dismissed. I think they're moving forward with it.
2: I would like to combine the draft weekend with the Formula One race in Vegas, and we can all be there and kind of enjoy the party. Again, get the media together. It's a boondoggle, just like you said, <laughs> Dregs. I love it.
1: <laughs> I'm all for it. More time in Vegas, more time in Florida. I'm all in. Greggs, thank you
0: for bringing the sunshine as always. We will see you next week here on Sabres Live.
1: You guys have a great weekend. (laughs) (laughs) You too. We're back after this.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours